0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: Don't,
2: don't be so sensitive. You're the one who shows up, you know, uh, last minute here. Uh, you know, I'm a Tom Coughlin guy. Uh, let Chris list. You know, unless you're five minutes early, you're late for the meeting.
3: I was early though, and and it's true. You can't be perfectly on time because you'd have to get it to an infinitesimal on timeness. So you must be early, right? Because you can't be on time. It's impossible. If you're on time, you're early. Then it's the question is, how much? But I've never been late, and I was here. I was cool. The problem was that I had set my default browser to Firefox, which isn't good for Streamyard, and. I did it for some other tech reason, and then I didn't realize that. So when I opened it up, it was in the wrong browser, and I had to reset it. And then there's another tech thing that happened while I was doing that, and then I had to fix that. But I was still on time. So
2: yeah, um, that that rationale is hard. That's my dog ate my homework, just so you know. But anyway, this is uh, no, no,
3: no, no, no. I'm I'm like I'm like clockwork. I'd never miss. I'd never miss a deadline.
2: Yeah, that's true. No, you were on time, and you know, for decades, you uh, you got everything out on time for RotoWire as well. But what I want to do today. Um, for this Rotowire podcast is I want to do a first pass. A lot of people are out of their playoffs. Some people that, you know, there's very few people in your league that are in their playoffs, but we're already looking towards next year. I know you don't go crazy with the best ball, but we're already getting requests for best ball rankings, which will be live in, in February on a lot of the software. So let's do a two-round mock draft first, and then we'll get into our usual, you know, week 16 stuff, maybe some other stuff at the end. Uh, but how does that sound like a two-round mock draft?
3: Yeah, it's fine, but we're gonna do like NFSC style, right? That's the that's well three re- well three receivers and a
2: flex, one quarterback, full PPR, one, full PPR, right. and the um and the other piece of it is you're not building a team. So like if you're picking, I'm gonna pick first, so you're gonna pick second, and just because you're picking fourth, that's not your team. You're picking right. as if you're each individual right. manager. We're, there's twelve separate teams. Okay, so three receivers and a flex, tight end, non premium, just single PPR and single quarterback. So. Let's go through this exercise. We can kind of flesh out where we are, and this is a first pass. I love you. Always talk about. Let's go back to our rankings that we had first, because then when we get polluted by ADP and the market noise, that sometimes this is a better indicator of what we're gonna, what we should be drafting like.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's your, it's your true beliefs about the, the situation before anything changes. All right, you like how I've, I've been listening to you long enough where I
2: maybe it'll regurgitate you that was a word that you uh fought fighting with someone on twitter about today regurgitate
3: not fighting just asking them you know if they're going to comment like just have an original thought in your mind you know like i know i know what's on the tv i'm not yeah. interested in it no.
2: we'll, we'll hit that at the end because yeah. uh, i have some thoughts on that and we'll um that that'll be uh list fighting with people on x so always right. entertaining all right i'm gonna pick first uh i, I don't care he's 20 years old i just want to take christian mccaffrey uh I'll if he if he goes down because he's twenty years old or if he doesn't he's not even like if he's seventy five percent of himself that's good enough for who he is who he's been he's a Iron Man this year we had a couple years where he was getting hurt and I was like I wouldn't even take him in the first round so first pick off the board next year I'm taking Christian McCaffrey
3: yeah that's fair I mean this year it's like that's it right like if you got him you probably won your league if you didn't the guy who got him probably won the league I mean he's just the guy, and then with Tyree Hill getting hurt two weeks ago and out last week for the first round of playoffs, um, you know McCaffrey going crazy in the first round of the playoffs. That's the guy. I mean, obviously, like most or Rashad White later helped a lot of people, but McCaffrey was the pick to have in, in this year, like complete uh, out of all the pick. So I'm gonna just go and take. I think, well, if I have to pick now, right now, this moment, and I don't know, don't know what's gonna happen, I'll take Ceedee Lamb because because justin jefferson's you know been banged up this year and then there's whether Cousins stays or not cd lamb is just you know that he's a first round pick now and he's what like 25 or something like that mm-hmm. so um and he's never really been hurt so give me cd lamb
2: yeah i'm just seeing if there is a way to uh get the scroll going on i know there is on Streamyard. um just give me one second here uh, by the way in the comments uh what do you think about that cd C. lamb pick have you uh have any disagreement or where do you think cd lamb should go uh we want to hear about that okay i think I, ha- I have this figured out here i was just killing time so let's go tell me if you think this is a useful thing for the people watching on the screen you like yeah, this? that's good
3: yeah let's take okay. cd lamb second that's right okay all right i uh,
2: i'm going to assume kirk cousins comes back uh even you can't you can't well that's what i'm saying this is my pick oh so right, i'm you gonna pick whoever you want if we're picking
3: right now you are mind, right but he may not he may not but with Addison and Jefferson, he probably will come back. Yes. And even if it's, if he's coming and back. And Hawkinson. I mean,
2: that's a pretty good setup for him. There you go. And even if it's like week six, he's coming back, week seven, Nick Mullins obviously is fine, right? Or whoever the next Nick Mullins is. They're going to find someone like that right. to bridge. As long as it's not like Mitch Trubisky, like what would be a situation in Minnesota where you would just be like, oh my God, I can't take Jefferson in the top three.
3: Yeah, it would be Trubisky, Mason Rudolph. It doesn't really matter. The Steelers have both of them, but someone who's beneath the threshold. You know, even if it was like Tyrod Taylor or something like that is good enough. Yes, okay. So I'm going to assume if we're drafting today that the Vikings
2: see the upside here of of solidifying quarterback. I like their coach enough to know he was a ex-quarterback himself. So Justin Jefferson, for me, I'm taking a pick two. At three, pick three. You're up on the clock at pick four.
3: Yeah, I will take Tyreek. I mean, you know, he's a year older, but obviously he didn't slow down this year. And the guys who are like 5'10", 185 are usually good into their early 30s. You know, it's the big guys who um, get kind of too much, they get too banged up. Um, so give me Tyreek Hill at four. Yeah, I think that's a uh, a good pick there. And and by the
2: way, in a lot of drafts, Tyreek Hill is going to go number one overall. Like I, I could easily see it, right? You know, he's only missed one game. The situation should be... Presumably the same, right? I mean, there's nothing going to really change there.
3: Yeah, and McCaffrey's the running back. McCaffrey has all the risk, so yeah, I could see him going one. I mean, I could see Jefferson going one. if Cousins, you know, once that's you know locked up, is this the okay? Well, the next obvious pick, I think, is Jamar
2: Chase. Would you agree? There, I'm gonna
3: yeah. That, I, I could have taken him instead of him. I mean, he's younger, you know, but yeah. Okay, so if
2: okay, I lost a so
3: if are this is this the top five then? In all formats, like I think there's some two point. other players that could sneak in. Uh, I think AJ Brown and uh, although uh, no table talk, no okay. table talk. Well, I yeah. think those are the next two. I mean, so a, so I think they could, I think they could sneak in, but to this five, like Lamb or one of those guys. I mean, I'd rather have Lamb, but it's not like you know. All right. So pick
2: pick six. You're all, Just to review, anyone listening on the podcast, CMC went first to myself. Chris List selects C.D. Lamb. Little surprise there, but it makes a lot of sense at number two. Uh, Justin Jefferson goes at three in our 2024 mock. Tyreek Hill off the board at four. I took Jamar Chase at five. You're up on the clock. Pick six in the NFFC or three receivers
3: and a flex PPR league. Who do you take? I'll take A.J. Brown. I think he should have more touchdowns. He's really, you know, slowed down the last few weeks when Hertz has not done much the last few weeks. But I still believe in the offense and... They really only have three pass catchers in that whole offense. They do not even throw to the backs that much. And A.J. He, Brown is still a monster in his prime. He's wide receiver four on the year. And again, you know, y-
2: you used to say it with Julio Jones, right? At the end of the year, you're going to get the, the 1,500 yards and the, you know, six touchdowns. of Julio's 10, 10 for A.J. Brown usually. Right. But I'm saying with Julio. Yeah. I'm like right. you, knew, you knew what the stats were. You know, it's going to be an up and down road. It, it's, you're not going to worry about a couple down weeks because you're going to, you know, get vaulted with a couple weeks. All right, I, I heard you kind of spoil it, but are you finally down with
3: Amon Rob St. Brown as a mid first round pick? I mean, I, I would only because it's so shaky. I mean, I, again, he's got six touchdowns this year, right? He'll probably get like seven or eight at the end. I'd take him. Yeah, I would take him next. It's just like every week he gets his, you know, seven for ninety five and a touchdown or half a touchdown or a hundred yard. I mean, he's always he's always getting the targets. He's reliable. He's good. So. Yeah,
2: I would take him. Uh man, I, we should have made some sort of bet here too. I mean, because you know, this w- this was a major uh diff- uh splitting point for us. I would have given I would have said under seven touchdowns, I would have done I would have definitely taken the under on that. Yeah. The I was gonna say returns top
3: eight value or something like that. You know, forget the touchdowns. Cause- the thing is he's really good for that kind of a bet because, you know, Peak Landry was definitely a top eight receiver. It, it, it's like it's that the ceiling, and I think I was kind of right about this. Not I wasn't right about saying he should go early second. He should have gone first this year. But but I was right in the sense of like, I just don't think there's a 12-touchdown, 1,500-yard season in Alman Ra. I think there's, you know, 100-catch, tw- you know, 12, 1,300-yard, eight-touchdown season in him, and very likely. Like, he's got a really high floor because he gets so many targets, he's so reliable. But I don't think he has, like, a ceiling like some of the top guys. Yeah, which
2: is why he doesn't go in the top five like he's clearly in this next tier yeah all right so oh, so, so, you you, take, so you took him at seven Uh huh. Y- okay yep rotowire podcast listeners get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circa resort and casino super sunday in las vegas this year watch the big game poolside at stadium swim big game viewing party massive screen booming sound plus a view of the visual effects throughout the game snag the best seat in the sun with day beds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more, or touchdown at the world's largest sports book, Circa Sports for the Big Game Bash. Three stories of football glory featuring 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium-style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The Big Game parties only at Circa, Resort, and Casino. Reserved today at
3: www.circalasvegas.com. So at eight, I'm looking at this. I mean, the obvious pick, I think, would be another receiver. But you could start looking at some of these running backs. I guess I'll probably, because it's so ugly, I'll probably take Stefan Diggs, still the number one in Buffalo, and still productive most weeks. I, I don't think I can, I can pivot to any of these other running backs yet.
2: Uh, i i, I don't think Diggs is going to end up being a first round pick when we look back at this. He could be. He could be. I think that this is, it, it hasn't been the same, right? Like, uh, let me see, right now, maybe I'm wrong. Let me, I'm, I am
3: i 90, 91 for 1,008 touchdowns. His, his per play numbers have really dipped this year. But two years ago, he had 7.5 yards per target. This year, 7.6. And then the two years in, in you know, intermediate years in 2020, 2022, he had nine plus yards per target. So I don't know that this is really his skill set. I think it might be, Um, you know, Josh Allen in the passing game and has been a little bit, um, erratic. It's not, I don't think it's really digs falling off that much.
2: All right. Well, I, I'm now I'm going to make another assumption. Um, and that is that Aaron Rodgers comes back and is at least 65 to 75% of them of, you know, what we've seen. And that should be good enough to get Garrett Wilson, uh, first round value. I mean, he's basically buoyed himself at pick nine, uh, to, I mean, top twenty-four value with the worst of the worst conditions, right? I mean, it, it's no, no one, no one that's not any receiver that's not elite could not survive in this environment. List.
3: Yeah, I, I, I could have taken. I forgot about him for a second. Uh, I could have taken him over Diggs too. Uh, the thing is, Rodgers at forty, Rodgers wasn't good two years ago in Green Bay. He's going to be forty, um, playing for the Jets. I mean, coming off the Achilles. I, I mean, I, the the idea that he's just going to somehow be good still. He could just be done. You know, Peyton Manning was done at one point. He was just done. You know, he, he put him out there and, like, he wasn't generating uh, production for receivers anymore. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a big question mark, even if he is back. Let me ask you this. If, do you think the
2: Jets, okay, let's say Rodgers is healthy and they like what they see. They notice, like, a little, you know, little difference. But also, he's one of these cerebral quarterbacks who could figure out the deep, what they're doing before they do it. That was an advantage there. Do you think that they'll take better care of the backup quarterback position this year?
3: You would hope, you would hope so. Um, I think they just you know they put all that uh draft capital into QB1 hmm. and I think they needed to they couldn't cut him and so when Rodgers went down they were like all right we're forced to fuck around and find out. You know what I mean? Like we're forced to do it. Like they didn't want to do it. That's why they signed Rodgers, right? Um but they were forced and they were like, Okay, we've got to really see if this is the future or not for once and for all.
2: I'm just laughing because you so casually call him Q B one and well, everyone knows he's Q B one. You're talking about Zach Wilson, obviously.
3: Of course he's Q B one for what he did for many di- for different generations of human beings in his time. You know, I mean of course he is. Multi generational. Yeah, oh, generational talent, you know. And he- right. He's doing God's work. So, All right. Wait, wait. A little pause right here. A little
2: pause right here. I just want to let everybody know right now, this is a uh, collaborative podcast. Um, I'm sitting in for Jeff Erickson. I'm Alan Soslowski, along with Chris Liss. And uh, you can find all of Chris Liss's work. Met many of uh, the loyal listeners to the podcast know Chris Liss from his decades of work over at RotoWire. But right now, go over to Real Man Sports, and you can find all of Chris Liss's content or his, uh, his podcast, the Chris Liss Podcast, which talks about all... Issues going on in the world. All right, you're up at pick ten.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to pivot to a running back, and I haven't looked into it that deeply, but I think I'm just going to take Bijan Robinson. I, I feel like a lot of times the rookie gets this bullshit treatment. Adrian Peterson shared carries with like Chester Taylor in the, with the for the Vikings. You know, they always are just like, okay, let's give this guy. You know, Jonathan Taylor It took him till the end of his rookie season to kind of turn it on. And his second year was when he, you know, blew it out of the water. So give me Bijan Robinson at number 10. Arthur Smith may not even be around next year. If he is, he may, you know, just sort of need to build around Robinson again. So give me Bijan Robinson. If Arthur Smith is there, would that maybe
2: back you away from Bijan a little bit or you'd still go in?
3: Probably still go in. He's been pretty stubborn this year, like what he did this week and losing the game. But, But, you know, especially they'll have a better quarterback. Desmond Ritter is just, you know, the nut low pretty much for starting quarterback. And uh, what's the Taylor Heineke is not the answer. So they will have another quarterback next year. I'm pretty sure. And so the offense itself will be better. The offensive line is good, and they have weapons. And I think Bijan will be. You know, once the things start flowing, um, I think it'll be obvious to use him. And he could easily be the one point one. He could be the guy that you're like, oh man, I took McCaffrey at one one, but Bijan just destroyed him. And that's so easy to see next year. Yeah,
2: this is this is the reason right here. Just think in your head if you're listening to this. Who is the next pick? There's guys that you would take, but no one that you really want to make your first round pick. Just a quick review. CMC goes one, CeeDee Lamb two, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and, Ch- and uh, Jamar Chase round out the top five. A.J. Brown and Amon St. Brown, uh, six and seven. I think that's a clear like first round pick tier break right there. Then you have Stefan Diggs. I took Garrett Wilson, and then list takes Bijan Robinson. At, at pick 11, if I'm going to take a running back, I want a workhorse with a little bit more certainty, or I just want like steady Eddie at wide receiver. I mean, this is where last year I was comfortable taking like Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Like you, you made the perfect comparison to J- uh, Jarvis Landry. If, not, if everything stays the same, I'm just going to take Travis Etienne. You know, I mean, I, it's not, I could take him at pick 15, or I could take him right here. This is who the player I would feel comfortable building my team around. But I, I don't love it. So Travis Etienne at pick
3: 11. Etienne should have been better. You know, he got the work. He was the guy. They threw to him a little bit. He they, they should have been better. Like, he was doing well. But, like, the Jaguars offense is just not consistent. Like, it didn't take that step. You thought with Calvin Ridley, you know, okay, Trevor Lawrence in year three, this is, gonna, this is it. And it just didn't really happen for the whole offense for some reason. I don't know why. They just couldn't really uh, play consistently. And that obviously affected Etienne. It's a fine pick. I think we are kind of in no man's land now where you could take almost anybody at this point and, you know, defend it. Well, uh, you know what it is? It's that pit,
2: the next 10 picks are all kind of cool. the same. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, so there. I guess the case for a late round pick is that you're going to get two guys before the, the early guys are in another tier below. So that's the only. I, I
3: would just want to take one of the top five guys. Seven. Basically. Seven yeah. is good even even yeah top seven um because all these guys are the same and so you know i I feel kind of dumb even saying any of these guys because they're like i wouldn't really want them where they're going i i guess what are we to pick 12 now Well, so you're picking on the turn now keep that in mind so you're making
2: two picks so and you know do it in the order that you think they should go not like you know sometimes you take the second guy first just to like it looks good on paper that changes adp
3: yeah um this is really tough. Uh, this is like, you know, I'm sure things will get a little clearer when we get deeper into it, but, um, man, I, I guess I'm taking Saquon one more year. I don't know. We don't even know where he's going to play next year. Well, let's. where do you think he's going to end up? He's, let's presume he's a complete free agent. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea whether the Giants will try to sign him for a couple years, like a two-year deal, or somebody else will take a chance. Obviously the giants are a huge mystery. Like is Daniel Jones going to be healthy? He's going to be competent. Are they, is the line going to be as bad as it was this past year? There's definitely better situations that he could wind up in, you know, that, that could make him, you know, a top seven pick. If he, if he's in the right situation, they're like, he's the workhorse. He's got some mileage on him. He's been hurt a bunch, but he's healthy now. And his ankle injury was just, you know, a few games. It's not like it's a lingering thing. So I'll take Saquon at pick 12, which I'm not, thrilled with so no matter now this is
2: the only time you have to think in terms of this is your team but it doesn't really matter because right any right, position right
3: and right. it's the first two rounds and i'll take jonathan taylor with the second pick um i, I feel like taylor um got back healthy then he you know had this random hand injury or whatever it was thumb injury but that's not going to affect him next year um the team's going to have either richardson or minchu probably richardson back um as the starter and you know it's a it's an it's a team that shouldn't be garbage. It's in a softish division. So give me uh, Taylor and Barkley at the turn. All right. I think those are
2: both worthy picks. And even above Travis Etienne, there's one player I probably would have taken. I'm going to, you know, I- I'm going to take him here at 14. But again, I would have taken this player 11. That's Kyron Williams. Let's assume, I'm, again, I'm making a leap. but We're only drafting today for next year, right? So I'm assuming Stafford back. I'm assuming cu- the whole gang is back even after Kyron Williams fumbled and lost two fumbles this week, list he still got the full workload. Like, he is their guy, they love him, and he produces for fantasy. So at pick 14, Kyron
3: Williams is going to be my pick. So I thought about him. I don't like that he's 194 pounds. I, I feel like yeah. that is a, you know, is he going to make it through the year? Now, Taylor got hurt, Barkley got hurt this year, so it's not like being big, save them, you know? It's just that I almost feel like it's impossible I mean, there was work done, right? And A-Chain is now there. and there's some, there's some small backs. and It's kind of a trend now. But usually those guys are like paired with someone else. He missed you know, time. Though Kyron missed some time. He missed some time this year. But I'm just saying like, I feel like it's almost impossible that he could play the full year. Whereas Barkley probably get hurt again. Same with Taylor. But it's possible they could have that McCaffrey year. You know, where I feel like Kyron, man, it's just going to be hard at that size. But- Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's maybe it's a new era, and you can't, you know, hit people as hard or whatever. But anyway, that's that's the only reason I didn't take him. But he's obviously in a great situation. He gets all the work. I mean, you agree that Kyron would have been one of the next three picks. I almost took him ahead yeah. of uh, ahead of the two guys I took. I, I just, it's just the only thing was the the BMI was the only thing that kept me uh, that made me take the bigger players. But you know, he's obviously got the fresher legs.
2: All right, you're up at pick. 15, which basically is two point3 in a 12 team draft.
3: Yeah, I feel like this is a little of a reach. Well, there's two guys I like here. Everything's a reach. there's two guys I like here, but I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker to me is just so good. like I watch the guy play. he's just he's just like the quickest back in the league, and he's fast. and Charbonnet's there, and Charbonnet will get you know thirty 35 percent of the carries. But I think Walker, when healthy, is the clear starter, and he can also catch some passes. He doesn't catch as many as I'd like, but I think in a full season, he can catch 35, 40 passes. So give me Kenny Walker.
2: Yeah, I, I would thought Walker was going to be more of an end of the second round pick. But yeah, everything you said, I love that guy. He, he was my, uh, before they drafted Charbonnet, like, was my keeper dynasty RB1. I mean, that, that's a little high, that's a little rich. But you saw what he did once he's healthy, man. He just, he could take over a game,
3: right? Remember, Charbonnet's just the second. I mean, the second round, I mean, he's solid. But like, there's no like, if if Kenny Walker's Kenny Walker, they're, they're, Charbonnet's just a guy. He's just a backup. He's just another player. Like they don't they don't owe him like X amount of workload. Now if Walker gets hurt, which he might, then hey, now they've got another good running back. But I don't think it's important where he got drafted.
2: All right. Uh quick second round review. Chris Liss at the turn. We'll go back to the first round. 112 takes Barkley and Jonathan Taylor. I took Kyron Williams. Ken Walker goes off the board. And then I'm taking Brees Hall for the, you know, the same reasons that I explained earlier with Aaron Rodgers being back. Now Brees Hall is it's the Jets are basically dead, right? If if the quarterback play goes under again, Brees Hall is bad. But la- you know, last year, Brees Hall would have been a top five pick. If Aaron, you know it had Aaron Rodgers, well, I was gonna say, where did Brees Hall? Oh, great. Had he not been injured? He was injured right. the year before. So I think this is about the right value on Brees Hall if you're good with Rodgers. If you're not good with Rodgers, then this is probably a little bit, there's other guys you'd probably rather have.
3: I think Brees Hall's stock went down this year, um, not just because of the quarterback, obviously, in you know, the quarterback's iffy that next year, but but maybe in these two years off the ACL, he'll be an absolute monster um, in 2024. But he just, you know, he looked good early on and then he just wasn't that good. And I know a lot of it's because they could key on the run and they didn't have to worry about the passing game much. But, you know, the great running backs seem to overcome that. You know, it's not like people were scared of the Tennessee passing game in the last five years and Derrick Henry didn't have a problem. So, yeah, I like Brees Hall, but I'm, I'm like, maybe he's just pretty good. You know, maybe he's not that good. Okay, I'm going to take uh, Jameer Gibbs then after Brees Hall. That was the guy I almost took instead of Kenny Walker. Jimmy Gibbs catches uh, way more passes, and maybe I should have taken him ahead of Walker for that reason. Obviously, Montgomery's probably still there and, and gets a lot of work too. Lions have a good offensive line, good offense in general, and Gibbs will be trusted more in the second year. So, give me Gibbs.
2: Yeah, I almost that that was the other player who I was thinking about. I like that we're we're in the same zone uh, as you know of who we're taking. Uh, Gibbs is just. It's funny. You had said this earlier. I, uh, that Gibbs is basically having the season we thought Bijan would have, and Bijan is more or less having the up and down that we thought Gibbs would have with Montgomery there, maybe a little bit better than that. So uh, it just shows that scheme is important, right?
3: Yeah, it's funny. Bijan it seems like he's been terrible, but he's actually got eleven 1, hundred twenty yards. He'll probably have fifteen hundred yards by the end of the year, um, and he'll you know, and he has seven touchdowns. He'll probably have eight or nine. Um, And it's like been a total bust because he's a first round pick, but that was yeah. You're right. That's what we had thought of from Gibbs. Well, and Gibbs is not you know Gibbs is doing about the same actually in total. It's just that Gibbs has been better lately. Yeah, it's you're saying I'm right,
2: but I'm right quoting you. I was what? quoting you uh, about yeah about
3: yeah. i i agree with you, but I think they're they're having about the same season. We
2: well, are agreeing with you. Yeah, because I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, maybe that's what I said. earlier. Yeah, yeah. No, you said it. I I bit it off. You uh, okay. yeah. Feel free. Uh, I was. All right. Um, I think this is this is right for Puka Nakua, right here. Right. I mean, I'm taking him ahead of Cup. I guess you know, just kind of predicting the future a little bit here. If it you know that could go wrong, we saw this week. Right. Cooper Cup went nuts. Puka Nakua modest. So, you know, I I was thinking maybe QB. Is this like the right area for that? But I, I I'm gonna have we'll have a, a QB discussion, a philosophy discussion here. So I'm going to take Puka, given that I have to start three receivers here.
3: Yeah, that's that's fine. I looked at him. I mean, he's the young receiver who's good, right? And that's you know that's the the difference. You know that he's not going to get worse, um, just from time itself, right? And the older guys, the Keenan Allen's, like you don't know that could be it for Keenan Allen. I mean, he could go downhill, and you could take Keenan Allen here, um, but I'm going to take Devonta Smith. Um, You know, he's been kind of disappointing, but like. You look at the numbers and he's got 74, 957 and six, he's going to end up with, you know, 88, 1150 and seven or eight. And you know, that's, that's a second round receiver who's, you know, 24 or whatever, how old he is. So give me Devonta Smith. All right. It's, if
2: you notice so far that there's been no quarterbacks, no tight ends. And yesterday when, uh, we are doing the radio show. I was talking to Nick and we were kind of going over who do you think is tight end one. We were trying to rank the tight ends for next year. And I said, the ranking almost doesn't matter. It's that these guys probably won't get taken in the first 30 picks this year. I mean, maybe, definitely not the first 25 picks, in my opinion, Uh, in some sort of premium format, maybe. But I think that's the difference is that the, the we always say every year that tight end is deep, but this year it actually, it really does look deep. So it's not that we're pushing the top up, we're just slotting the whole group down.
3: Yeah, there's no one that jumps out, really. I mean, you know, Laporta... McBride, Laporta... I think I think Laporta's got to be the first tight end, though. But oh, yeah, I mean, that's not even... To me, that's like lock button, right? Because he's a rookie, they don't do anything, and, and now in the second year, he could be Pete Kelsey next year. I mean, as soon as next year, it's possible, so... Yeah. But
2: so it's Laporte, like the if you were just like top of the head just hey we'll get into it after this but I you know the, it's it's an interesting conversation right
3: you haven't even thought about QB or tight end yet right like No, I'm not going to think of QB. I look, I mean it worked out for me, you know, I got Prescott and Purdy in my prime time. I mean, I I just I'm not going to spend up for that. I I still think like the the long-term strategy of waiting on QB is still correct because because And this is just obvious. It's just the fact of football that um, only so many running backs and wide receivers get, you know, 250 plus carries and 50 targets for the running back, or you know, 70 targets for the running back, and for the receiver 130, 150 targets. Only so many get those opportunities. So you've got to get the ones that get the opportunities because you can't produce without opportunities. They can get lucky and find Nakua or somebody who ends up, or Kyron Williams. But in terms of your draft, the guys that you know are getting opportunities, those are the scarce commodities. Now, the thing about like you get Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts or whatever, it's like there's going to be lots of quarterbacks like Dak who get just as many passing attempts as those guys, if not more, uh, in the 10th round. So, you know, the opp- there's no opportunity scarcity at the quarterback position. And so, the, so you just have to find somebody who's pretty good 10 rounds later. And I just think that's always going to be the strategy unless, you know, unless Hurts was like putting up Mahomes circa 2018 passing numbers. With the 14 rushing touchdowns, then you then you get like a unicorn that um, that you you know you take. But I don't really see anybody like that. I, I you know Josh Allen's close, but I don't see like a, a you know Lamar Jackson if he's still getting you know 12 touchdowns rushing, but he's not that anymore. And the, you know he had 35 passing touchdowns in 2019. I don't see anyone like that. So I you know I'm pretty much like if one of those quarterbacks drops to the fourth round, okay, great, they're not going to, and I'll just let someone else pay for them.
2: Well, they might this year, right? I, you, you're going to, the earliest, I can't imagine taking like Patrick Mahomes or Hertz or Allen at the end of round three when I could just, you know, hit Lamar, Dak, uh, CJ Stroud, any of those guys uh, in yeah. round five,
3: you know? Mahomes is is not even getting in the first five rounds unless they get another receiver because Kelsey's going to be, what, 35? Mm-hmm. And, and they don't, you know, Rasheed Rice is the best they can do. I mean, you can't take Mahomes with that crew. Um, out before I wouldn't even take him till five or six because I don't I don't see like why he's better than Dak, why he's better than as a fantasy quarterback. Obviously, in real life he's better. Um, there's just no reason to do it.
2: Yeah, in like our the dynasty superflex leagues I play, and the reason why I still advocate for Mahomes as the number one overall uh, player to pick is because even in a down year, he he's like QB six, right? I mean, that's right. the reason. He's just well, such
3: superflex a- is different though because floor matters, but. His ceiling right now is not that high. I mean, it's just not. I mean, there's who's gonna make a play for him? I mean, everything's gonna be short screens and trick plays and misdirections and shuffle passes. No one's gonna get down the field. Right. You know? I mean, it's just it's
2: so crazy how the pendulum goes back and forth. Like all the quarterbacks got pushed up as you had to take Justin Herbert and like pit in rounds four. Now he's going to be like round eight. They
3: were taking an injured Burrow around the three, four turn. I was like, what are you doing? I mean, like he's hurt and it's just Burrow. He's not like, you know, peak Peyton Manning. It was really weird. Uh, yep. That was that was a mistake. With Obviously, Allen, Allen and Hurts have panned out. Hurts with those stupid like one-yard touchdowns has really saved him because otherwise, you know, he's nothing special. Um, But I, I think it was a wait on QB year. But the problem is that, you know, if you got Hurts or Allen – you're like, well, who did I miss out on? You know, Devontae Adams, who did I miss out on? You know, who did I miss out on, like um, Jalen Waddle. I mean, it, it wasn't killing you to miss those guys anyway.
2: Yeah, but unless you, I mean, you, you're right, right. Unless you landed on the right one. I mean, there was players in that range. I mean, Alvin Kamara was like a third or fourth round pick if you paid up. Uh, no, he wasn't. He was like a sixth round pick, seventh. Well, as it got down to the three-game suspension, he moved up a drop. But you're right.
3: You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, like, this this was the weirdest year I've ever I've ever seen for fantasy football because it really didn't... McCaffrey mattered and Tyreek Hill mattered, and that was it, okay? And then, after that, I mean, CeeDee Lamb was a good pick at the end of the first. But after that, you know, it was like, oh, did you get Rashad White and Raheem Mostert in rounds <laughs> six and ten? Did you get Kamara in seven? I mean, it, it's, like, so rare that, like, three players outside of the top five rounds are carrying your league for you.
2: I got it. I have the answer, and he's my next pick anyway. Like, in round three, if you took one of the uh, the elite quarterbacks, you missed out on Keenan Allen. He is a league winner. Not last week, but at least he was out. He didn't go in your lineup and get right. a zero, so I'm going to take him at pick 20. That's the guy that you missed out on.
3: Yeah, that was a guy in round three that, uh, or round two in some cases, that, but well, usually round three, that round three. that, that round. panned out pretty big this year. Ebo was another round three guy that panned out. Yeah, I mean, more late, but uh, but the thing is, like, yeah, I've just never seen. It. And then Kyron Williams and Nakua were pickups. You know that that's really rare that a pickup that free agent guys would would do that well, especially on the same team. So it was in Stroud. There, I mean, there's always a QB that comes out of nowhere.
2: Um, uh, running backs though are pickups and win the league type guys. That happens every year.
3: They're usually it's for like three weeks. You know, it's, it's like in the playoffs. C.J. Anderson or Arian Foster or somebody goes nuts in the playoffs, but. It's rare that a guy that you pick up from running backs, it was like, who's that little guy? Justin Forsett. Yeah, but, you know, he didn't like win you the league. He was like solid. He was, was an every wing starter. Yeah. There was, yeah, uh, there was another starter. guy? No, there's a guy on Denver. I can't remember his name. CJ Anderson? Back. No, no, no. Denver was, that was the playoffs. Oh, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay. And that was like considered a great pickup, but he had like a thousand yards and five tons. Yeah. It was like nothing, right? You're like, oh, that was a great pickup. It's very rare that the guy you pick up off waivers on the running back um, is good for the whole year, like a dominant player for the whole year. It happens that he, you know, has three good games. If it's midseason, it can really help you. If it's in the playoffs, it's even better. But usually it could be like a late round pick, but this was, you know, Kyron Williams was undrafted. Puka was undrafted in most places. And then Richard White, I mean, you know, it was like, oh, do I take Miles Sanders, Richard White, Alex Madison, like, Two of those guys were totally worthless. And one of those guys, you know, was absolutely one-year league. And then Mostert was the most insane because he's in his 30s. He's never had a workload. He's never stayed healthy. He's never been the, the early down, you know, RB1. And the guy's got with like 20 touchdowns and his backup has 10 touchdowns, you know. So it's, uh, that was also one of the more insane developments. But anyway. All right. Yeah.
2: Let's just do a, a short review for those uh, listening on the podcast feed. The second round went JT, um, Jonathan Taylor, Kyron Williams, pick uh, 14. 15 was Walker. 16 was Brees. 17, Jameer Gibbs. Puka, 18. Devonte Smith and Keenan Allen were 19 and 20. So Liz, you're up at pick 21.
3: Yeah. It's so funny that we're not going to take Rashad White or I'm not. Uh, I'm going to take... I will take Jalen Waddle. I, I feel like nothing's really changed, you know, when he was like a mid second round pick this year. I mean, Tyreek went crazy and that's where the attention is. And Waddle only has four touchdowns. But when Tyreek was out, Waddle dominated this last week. Tyreek's another year older. Um, and uh, Waddle's going to finish with like, you know, his 83 catches, 1,100 yards, and five or six touchdowns. That can easily be eight touchdowns, nine touchdowns in a, a better year. So give me Waddle in year, year three or four of his career.
2: Yeah, on the season, Waddle's, uh, his overall ranking, let me see, after that big week, where did he jump up to? Waddle is still pretty low. He's night, wide receiver 19 on the year.
3: Yeah, but the difference between him and wide receiver 10 is probably like 10 points, you know? It's not, it, it, it's not like, to me, this is just a variance thing. Like, Waddle's still Waddle. The, the, nothing has changed for him at all, except he's a year, he's in his prime even more. So, I mean, I guess he's already at his prime rear three already. So right. he's just standing at- points behind Devontae Adams at wide receiver thirteen. Yeah. So I mean,
2: you know your point is valid. Yeah, negligible. Yep. Um side topic here, who would you rather have Tank Dell or Nico Collins? Not that this pick just overall next
3: year. Probably Collins, because Tank Dell is so small. Um Tank Dell definitely maxed out everything, uh, and CJ Stroud seems to really like him, but um, and we are in an era where littler guys are, are doing damage, like, you know, the all these slight receivers are more productive, but you remember, like, Darnell Mooney was, like, a thing, and, and Jerry Judy, and those guys haven't lasted, you know, they they were productive for a little bit, so
2: I would take Nico Collins. All right, uh, you mentioned his name, I'm glad you didn't take him, but Rashad White, I mean, that was, you know, I mean, he was in this group of players that I'm taking, it's, as long as, no one likes him as, like, a skill player, but you know, opportunity. He's produced. He's a top five running back. I mean, he was going in the next five picks. I'm just taking him here because um, of the pass catching upside as well. Uh, I don't see. And like I said, he's only 24. He'll be 20. He's one of the older rookies from a year ago, but 25 years old. He's still within that zone where I don't think they're going to. That's not the problem. They're probably going to address. In fact, they they cut Keyshawn Vaughn. Right. They're like shedding depth. They're not heading depth this year. Uh, as they make a playoff run. Rashad White at pick 22. You're on the clock at pick 23.
3: Yeah, I'll take... I never really liked this guy coming in, but I'll take him. I'll take Chris Olave. I mean, he's been okay, and he's been banged up. Um, I think he missed at least one game, but he's more or less the guy that we thought he was. It just didn't quite click. You know, Carr was banged up. He was banged up. There was some inconsistency, but um, he's got 116 targets. He's going to finish with 140 targets. And a skilled guy who can get down the field at 140 targets, I'll take him again. All right. So for this last...
2: Yeah, and I love that too. And, and even if... Well, by the way, who do you want to be the quarterback? I mean, Carr's probably locked in. Are you? You? I'd rather it be Jameis.
3: I don't think Jameis is a professional quarterback anymore. I think he's a... I, I saw that game where they were trying to come back against the... uh forget the team they were playing, but they got down and they started... As they come back, and then Carr got concussed. And Jameis just kept throwing the ball behind the guys. I think Jameis is just like... He, he's, you know, he's Drew Locke, you know, but maybe worse, you know, and uh, I know that everyone was praising that, like, ridiculous interview of Drew Locke. It was fine. It was a nice interview. It was touching that the guy, you know, was appreciative of his you know, his surprising win and comeback and success, but like I was like that was an amazing interview. It was a pretty, you know, run-of-the-mill interview. Um, people just so used to, like, you know, crap uh, that that was considered like some work of art, but, um, but I was happy for Drew Locke, but I think Jameis is basically, you know, Drew Locke at this point at best, you know, and, and I know Drew Locke just had a good game. I, I'm laughing my my ass off here because I love that you point out
2: the absurdity of all the people who, they celebrate these NLM things all the time, you know, like... so
3: embarrassing. It's like, I, it's I, like, it's <laughs> like everything's signaling, like nothing's real. Like, if somebody makes like an amazing play, like that T. Higgins touchdown where he like swiped, okay, like that was really cool. That was a really... Incredible play. He outleapt the DB, swiped his hand back for the touchdown in the close game. That was a big deal. But these like run of the mill things that people start to jump to praise. And it's not because that interview was anything special. It was just your run of the mill, like, I'm so grateful my teammates did it. It was just the boilerplate shit. But he was clearly like, you know, you could tell he was clearly like, you know, excited about what happened. But they run to praise it because it's all signaling. It's not about the thing that happened. It's about how do you look praising the correct thing. And I was just so curious. I was like, I, I listened to the interview because I was like, this is an amazing post game interview. And I was like, it's okay, it was fine. I, I don't. I just didn't get it. And but it, it, was, it makes a lot more sense when you explain it in terms of I don't know. It's not about the interview. It's about how the person praising the interview comes off to his audience on on social media.
2: Uh, so it's. The, I'm just. I'm deep breathing because it is true. A uh, lot of that and social media has only amplified that. All right, I'm going to make the next two picks, and then you know we'll close this thing up. But I'm just curious, before I do, let's say you or me, and you have uh, Christian McCaffrey as your number one overall player. You're on the turn here. Who are the two players you would pick? Now, I want you to think in terms of, you took McCaffrey. Let's see if my strategy of taking a running back or a receiver pans out, and then I'll make the real picks.
3: Yeah, um, it's pretty ugly here. I I might take Metcalf, even though, I'm a little soured on him with one of them. they just throw to him a lot and Getting two picks still, yeah, I might take Metcalf with one, and then with my second pick, man, um I can't take a chain here i i that's like the really aggressive pick, and especially since you have McCaffrey, you definitely don't need that well, I don't think it matters. I mean, I think if you have two you know really good running backs that's that's really good too, but I guess i, I I'm taking uh. I guess I'll I, I'll take Metcalf. I hate that pick, by the way. You hate Metcalf, but yeah. I mean he's going to get his his hundred and thirty five targets. I think. Or you just think Injigba's going to just cut it? I think Lockett will be the guy that's gone or not. Well, he's under contract one more year. They can't get rid of him this year. I mean, they... but bet he'll be the guy that gets phased out in terms of like his, his role. All right. Uh,
2: while you're thinking it through, uh, I was thinking Cooper Cup, Michael Pittman, those guys.
3: Yeah, Pittman's probably a good pick because there's really well, I'm receiver ten on the year. Yeah, and there's no one else there, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Alec Pierce makes plays, but they don't like to target him. Josh Downs is just a so yeah, Moore's possibility, right? But they might have a rookie quarterback. I just hate Chicago for pass catchers. It's just a bad. I guess Brandon Marshall and also on Jeffrey that one year with Cutler did well. Yeah. yeah, maybe Cup, but Cup just seems like he's on the way out. You know, maybe. And I set points in your fantasy
2: league this year, this week. He got, he got me, he got me uh, moved me on to the next round in a big league.
3: Yeah. He gets hurt a lot and he's older and, and Naku is there now. Right. Um, Yeah, maybe Pittman, maybe Pittman. So you own Pittman Metcalf is what you're doing? Yeah. The, the other guy I was looking at was uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't retired yet. I mean, he's still, Let me ask he's still this. monstrous early in the season. What if he
2: ends up as a Jet, right? The Jets have talked about they want to get him. Does that just does Garrett
3: Wilson's um, ADP of pick ten whatever it is hold? Oh, that's that's dead. No, no, no. That if is they dead. get if they get Adams. Garrett Wilson is like in the Jalen Waddle territory. I mean, that's Devonta Smith, right? Because now you've you've got you know the the alpha, and even if Adams has lost a step, you know by next year he's still going to be the alpha of Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is so loyal to his guys, right? That Devonta Adams is like quintessentially his guy. He's like the Jordy Nelson. Um, and so like, that's, he's going to get Devontae Adams, 160 targets. So I think if Adams went to the jets, there's a case for Adams in the first round still, even at this age. Yep. Totally agree on that.
2: So I was thinking Pittman, um, this is where I was maybe throwing around the Sam Laporta pick, but you know, I mean, you could, if you really feel strongly about Josh Allen, nah. Probably not there for all the reasons you already... I would go Adams,
3: actually. I would go Adams over Olave, now that I think about it, because... Well, that was two picks ago. Yeah, right. But I'm saying, like, I think the ceiling for Adams is still pretty high. He might be too old, but if he goes to Rodgers, I think he's getting 160 targets. And a lot of them are going to be inside the 10-yard line. All right. So do you think Debo Samuel, they have the same setup, uh, is in this... No. The problem with Debo, Debo's a really good player. But Debo, you know how many catches Debo has this year? How many catches? Don't look it up. Uh, because you said it like that, all right? So I'm not trying
2: to yuck your yum. But I'm no. going to say it's low. I'm going to say 60 catches. 60, okay.
3: It's 49 catches. Okay. And I was, I was thinking like, because you' yeah. your mind, it's like 70, right? Right. He's got, he's got 49 catches. And the only reason Debo is even in this conversation in this first couple of rounds is because he has five rushing touchdowns, okay? So he has 11 touchdowns total, which is very good. And this 172 rushing yards then gives him, instead of 787, he's at 887 at 17? you know, he's about 950, okay? And, but he's only got 49 catches. Now, in a PPR league, he's just never going to get 80 catches, Debo, in that offense. And so, you know, he may always get five rushing touchdowns, and that's going to be significant, but it's just a hard path. You know, it, Debo is averaging 16 yards a catch, right? So he's averaging like a ridiculous amount of, you know, yards per catch. And he's got five rushing touchdowns. He needs to make big plays and get in the end zone. He he is like the most efficient per touch fantasy player in the league pretty much. And without that, you know, Devin H, he's like Devin H, a level efficiency. And he's done it before. So it's not a total fluke. I mean, he's that kind of player, but it's just a high degree of difficulty. If he loses even half a step, um, plays through even a minor injury uh he's he's at big risk with the volume that he gets
0: all right quick break for the listening audience and we'll be back right after this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
2: And we're back uh, doing our 2024 top 24 rankings. Uh, I'm here with Chris Liss. I'm Alan Seslowski. All of Chris Liss's content can be found over at realmansports.com or, of course, the Chris Liss podcast, where he talks about all different social issues, issues going on in the world. Uh, just we're, we're rounding out our conversation here about the top 24. None of us, ha- neither of us, have taken a tight end. Um, so let's just go through who are the top in any order? Let's just tier them. Who are the top five tight ends, you think, for 2024? I mean, we agreed on Sam LaPorta as one. Not necessarily the ranking, but he's probably our top guy. Is it Hawkinson? Is it, uh, is it Travis Kelsey still at 35, still in that top five? Give it, list, my, list that top five down.
3: So I think there's a top five with a sixth guy that could be, but I think it's more speculative. I think there's a clear top five, which is LaPorta, Hawkinson, Kelsey, Chittle McBride. I want to tell you about odds O D D S, the letter R.
2: OddsR.com offers a game changing AI powered betting advisor that's been dominating the field with a stellar two year track record of 60% win rate and 10% return on investment. Our technology isn't just smart, it's proven. The first two weeks are absolutely free for you. Dive into a world where every bet is backed by our data driven insights. Whether you're seasoned better or just starting, OddsR.com simplifies your decisions and boosts your chances of winning. As a special welcome guest for our Rotowire listeners, we're offering a two-week free trial. Experience firsthand how our artificial intelligence makes betting smarter and more profitable. Bet Smarter with OddsR, available at OddsR.com or the App Store or Google Play Store.
3: Okay, I think that's the top five. And I think Kincaid is like, you could say he's going to take the step. He's going to be the number two there to Digs in his year two as a tight end. He showed already that he's reliable. He can catch. Healthy but Andrews. This, Healthy Andrews. Oh, I forgot about Andrews. Uh, he's just been banged up and he's older now. He's 28. Uh, yeah. 29. I, I it's young for a tight end, actually. Yeah, I guess you got to throw in Andrews. So there's a top six and then, and then Kincaid would be you know, sort of the seventh uh, if he takes the leap. but it's speculative. I'm not big on Goddard. I think Ferguson's just okay. Um Schultz, you know, is fine, but nothing special. Ingram Can I offer one more guy? Yeah. From week seven to fifteen this year, the tight end one is David Njoku. Yeah. And and he's you know, yeah, he could be he could be at one list. He's also got he's fourth in targets, fourth or fifth in targets on the year in tight end. So he, he gets a lot of looks. There's not any depth at that receiver spot. It's older Amari Cooper. It's Elijah Moore who's never really panned out completely. And it's Njoku. That's it. Right. And, you know, um, we might have to massage the rankings a bit if Deshaun Watson comes back and, and move Njoku up. So I think, I think that's good. I like Fryermuth still. I mean, I think first, you know, got to get the quarterback sorted, but Firemouth was hurt He came back, had a monster game. That's a guy I would take in the 13th round uh, all day next year.
2: I didn't hear Kyle Pitts' name. I mean, let, let's say that we go back to the same situation here. Where is Kyle Pitts? Is he? 15th is he
3: is he just awesome yeah. off the list no he's a guy you still roster just in case but i feel like he's going down not quite the oj howard path but it's uh at least he's not going down the oj simpson path <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's not he's more going down the oj howard path i wish he would down done the oj simpson that would be epic but uh but the but the thing is like you know it's been a few years you know it's not like it, it's like jerry judy oh jerry judy he's a first round pick he's going to blow up this year. It's like, when, you know, when is he going to blow up? Like, when is that first round talent going to pan out? And, you know, I'd like to get him out of Atlanta and and put him in a real offense and see what happens still. But now you're really, it's really speculative. You know, with like Kincaid, you're like, okay, he got his rookie year under him. He's banged up for a while. He looks like a player. Now we'll see in year two, but Pitts is like year four now. So you're like, okay, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to drop Pitts. I, you know, Outside the 10th round, uh, round 10, 11, 12. Sure, I'll have a share of Pitts just for the hell of it. Why not? I have the answer for
2: Atlanta, by the way. You know, because last year, the obvious answer be- to get Pitts, you know, and all these guys going was to trade the two first round picks for Lamar Jackson. They, were, they came out like right off the bat and said, we're not doing it. Fine. Pay Gardner Minshew like an elite quarterback, even though he's not an elite quarterback on a one-year contract. Meaning, give him $38 million for one year. So that it's not even a question. He just comes there and it's only a one-year deal. Say hey, we'll give you the two year, you know, forty, where you could just get the one year thirty five, er and just come here and and you know see if they can win.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at like what Brock Purdy's doing in San Francisco, Baker, and you're, and yeah, Baker Mayfield, and he doesn't even have great weapons, Baker, but uh, but Brock Purdy's doing like, you know, that's my argument the whole time is quarterbacks don't matter, right? If you have Mahomes, it matters or Josh Allen, but for the most part in this day and age where you can't touch the quarterback. Uh, where the quarterback can slide after running, you know all these all these rules that favor the quarterback. Uh, you just need competence. You just need to avoid incompetence, and then put a good system around him. Now I don't know about the offensive system there. You know, like whether Arthur Smith, he, he did have success in Tennessee with Tannehill. So, you know, maybe the system's good enough. They just have to get just a maybe the whole thing that's dragging it down isn't really so much Bijan versus Algier. It's like versus Pitts versus johnny Smith. It's just the quarterback is so poor, it's below the threshold for a functioning offense. And if you get a quarterback that's above the threshold like Minshew, um or anyone like that, then the whole thing transforms. It may just be that. Um so I, I'm I'm with that. The other guy, obviously, that I like in the, you know, twelfth round is, is Darren Waller. Um he's a flat tire in the fifth round, which I found out this year, but in the twelfth round, who cares, right? You should you should be drafting Waller, you should be drafting Pitts, you should be throwing darts at guys who have top three tight end upside, which they both do. Yeah. The other player, just going
2: back to, and I, li- I love that you call that Waller, but I'm a little, he, he won't, you won't have to take him as a top, you'll probably
3: take him as tight end 11, right? Because people are just going to have but that. I mean, he's not in the top 10 rounds. I mean, maybe if, you know, everything was good in the preseason. Two. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it, it all matters the round, right? Because if you're drafting someone like Waller around nine, that you're giving something up, you know, and if you draft around 11, you're sort of like, okay. Let's roll the dice on this. Um, I, I the thing about tight ends is they can play 29-30 is the peak for tight ends. Twenty eight. It may start to be it may start to change now with Laporta being good as a rookie, but usually the tight ends take, you know, and Joku's at his peak now. How many years has he been in the league? Like it's it usually takes a few years for them to really get going to their peak. Look at Evan Ingram. It took him five years before he was good. It's funny you say Ingram. We were talking about
2: Ingram last night, and he really is the test case for Kyle Pitts where good rookie year, Kyle Pitts, good rookie year too, then just falls off the map for fantasy and then goes gets that one-year prove-it deal with a team that can basically be the baseline of competency, and now he's back to being a top five producer again, so that could be the map for Kyle Pitts.
3: Yeah, the problem with Ingram, uh, he, he was always like, you know, he's faster than Kyle Pitts by the way, he's a four four, but he's smaller, he's not as big as Pitts, um, but the problem with him, he can't block, always got hurt, always made the, the sickest drop on fourth and 10, perfect pass dropped the ball, game over, you know, he was like literally the least clutch player of all time on the Giants. And he didn't do anything helpful besides catch passes. And you see him make like a great catch or like turn on the jets and you'd be like, wow, look at this athlete. Um, But he was like Chase Claypool, basically, you know, and then all of a sudden he found it in, in, so for him, it wasn't, you know, it, it was just like a mental issue. It was like such a, you know, just a disaster mentally. And now he's kind of, seems like he's past that. All right. What we're going to do here is I'm going
2: to sign off for anyone listening on the audio podcast. If you're on the video, stay with us because we're going to maybe talk some non-football topics a little bit here. All right. So uh, remember, Jeff will be back with a industry guest next week on Wednesday on the Rotowire podcast. Thanks for tuning in to our our first pass at early 2024 rankings. We'll see you next week, everybody. I want to tell you about Splash. Can you beat our Rotowire experts? Play against our podcast hosts and listeners. In our weekly DFS tiers Challenge on Splash Sports, visit www.rotowire.com splash to enter today.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.